Many employers know how to harness the energy of young leaders, but few know how to grow young leaders. Stick around. It's good stuff today. This is the Second Chair Leadership Podcast. I'm Matthew Johnson, and this is the podcast designed to help you lead your church or nonprofit at the functional level. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk about hiring and working with young leaders. Specifically, I want to talk about why you need young leaders in your organization, and I want to talk about why waiting on God to give you the right person to interview is not a great hiring strategy. Then towards the end of the podcast, I'm really excited to offer you three exit goals I think you need to keep in mind for when you're working with any young leader who will eventually leave your organization. And the truth is, they're all going to leave. This topic has come close to home for me over the past month. At the end of the podcast, I will share how a former employee of mine from seven years ago recently recontacted me after seeing the website secondchairleadership.com. The company she now works for is quickly becoming a great partner with SCL, and I know you will see the benefits of that partnership on the website in the days to come. I'll say more about that in a few minutes. Right now, let's talk about hiring and working with young leaders. There are a lot of great ways to incorporate young entry-level leaders into your organization. Internships and volunteering are just a few. In my current position, I work on a weekly basis with some great young adult leaders who serve as volunteers. But today on the podcast, I want to talk about hiring young leaders into your organization. When I say young, I'm talking about 20-somethings who are maybe recently out of college and lacking long-term work experience. I know experience is important, but young leaders often make up in energy what they lack in experience. And energy is a great commodity that young employees can bring into your organization. However, I think it's important to grow a young leader and not just benefit from the energy they're able to bring to your team. During my time as a principal of a private academy for 15 years, I was able to hire several young leaders. All of them were educators, but all of them were put in positions to lead students and guide families. A few of them were put in place to lead fellow faculty members as administrators. If there is a wrong way to hire a new employee, I have done it. I've made all the mistakes at one point or another. I'm thankful for fellow leaders and even employees who cared enough along the way to share with me the inadequacies of my hiring practices. I'll never forget one helpful employee in particular who gave me an honest exit interview. She spent the interview talking to me about the gaps in my hiring processes. She pointed out what I said before I hired her and what working for the organization was really like. She said what I didn't say and should have said before I offered her to the job. 
it was invaluable exit interview information. And I will always be grateful to her for having the courage and taking a risk to tell me what I needed to hear as an employer. In fact, if you're a first chair of an organization, I would tell you to be cautious about doing the hiring. You need to be a part of the hiring, but you may not be the best suited person to manage the hiring process. And here's why. In my experience as a first chair, I always spent too much effort selling the organization to a potential hire rather than discovering if they were the best hire for the organization. I want to say that again. I spent too much effort selling the organization to a potential hire rather than really trying to discover if they were the best hire for the organization. I would find myself saying things like, we've really improved our in-house communication processes. We used to communicate like this, but now we do it like this. And then I would tack on a statement like, so you'll need to be prepared to dot, dot, dot. That is sharing an expectation with a potential employee. But that is not discovering if the person you are interviewing is the right hire. And honestly, I was more prone to share expectations and the journey the organization had been on than I was to discover if the person I was talking to was a right fit for the job. There is something about having in front of you uh, a bright-eyed, excited young person that really is mesmerized by the idea of working for your organization. And so many times, first chair leaders, they catch that excitement of a vibrant young leader and they want desperately for that person to join their team and they forget to really discover if they're a good fit for the team. If you're a pastor, let me speak a few specific words to you. I want to encourage you to appoint someone to interview several candidates for any open position that you may have come available in your organization. Now, I realize in some professions you don't have a large pool of candidates to interview. I served in an organization for years where we were desperate at times to try and find enough candidates to submit applications or resumes for open positions. However, I would not recommend taking the approach that says we're waiting on God to give us the right person. Of course you're waiting on God. Anyone you interview, you're going to ask God, is this the person? That goes without saying. But here's a couple reasons why you don't want to wait on God to just point out the single right person and interview them. The first reason is that's a lot of weight to put on a person's shoulders. I would never tell a potential or recent hire they're an answer to prayer. Like most people, all of us are just one poor decision away from becoming a prayer request and no longer being an answer to prayer. And if things don't work out, I'd hate to make a person feel like they were God's insufficient answer to our organization's need. So I just don't tell them things like you're an answer to prayer. If you really feel like they were God's answer to prayer, I think it's best 
a year or maybe two in to, with hindsight, disclose to them what an answer to prayer they were at the time they came to the organization. But don't make them shoulder the burden in the early months and days of joining the team. The second reason I wouldn't just wait on God to point out one right person is that by interviewing several people, you're able to make an offer that says something like this. We've looked at several candidates, and we'd like to make you an offer. That sounds so much better than, we're desperate, and you're our only hope. Have I ever hired in desperate situations? Absolutely. I've already mentioned that one of the organizations I led before, there were many times that we were desperate to discover enough applicants for interviews. But desperate doesn't make for a good hiring process. It's best to try and discover as many applicants or invite as many applicants as possible to interview so that you can choose the one that's best. And the truth is, I understand this, for pastors, many of you hate to tell candidates we're not going to pick you or we didn't decide to go with you. So because pastors have such an aversion to having to say things like that, they will often wait looking, hoping, searching, watching for the one candidate they would like to interview. I say, don't do it. Interview several and make an offer to one. Over the course of my years of working with young leaders, I've developed a few goals that I like to keep in mind once the new leader has come on board. These goals are unique to me. They're not from a book, so if you disagree, there's no hard, fast science behind these and if they truly, totally work all the time. These are just my goals for how I want to end my time of working with a young leader. Let's face it, if young leaders are going to continue to go forward, you will not work with them forever. They're either going to advance or they're going to move on to other opportunities, and that's a great thing. So here are three exit goals I like to keep in mind when a young leader leaves you either by promotion or relocation. Number one, they should leave better because of you and not in spite of you. A committed young leader is going to grow. The question is, will they grow because you helped them or in spite of you hindering them? As a young leader in the engineering field, I worked for a supervisor who constantly assigned me to pointless tasks just to keep me out of his hair. Those tasks took me all over the production facility, and I had to ask numerous people for help in completing my pointless assignments. But when I left the company, I had a broad relational influence with many employees in spite of a boss who was unwilling to connect with me. I ended up growing and being better, not because of my boss, but in spite of my boss. Don't do that to young leaders. When it's time for them to leave, let them know, or they should know, I'm better because I worked for you. The second goal I think you should keep in mind for young leaders is they should leave better and not just better off. When I was running uh, the private school that I mentioned earlier, I hired uh, one entry-level educator in particular that I could tell had real promise. I knew this teacher was destined for great things that were even going to take them beyond my organization. 
So I placed this young leader in partnership with my best educator. I wanted her time there in the organization to be valuable. I didn't want to go ahead and sell myself on the idea that she's leaving one day, so I've got to put her over here by herself to get the most out of her that I can for the organization. I wanted it to be a great growing and learning experience for her, and I knew that my best educator was able to stretch her and take her farther. To this day, when I talk to that bright young educator, she reminds me of how thankful she is for the opportunity to work with that gifted senior teacher. She grew, she learned so much during those couple of years she was with us. Let that be the case with the young leaders who eventually leave your organization. Don't just send them off to better things, but let them leave better for having been an employee in your organization. Finally, the third thing, the third exit goal I think you should keep in mind is that they should leave knowing they are better than you at something. I find that insecure leaders are fearful of letting younger leaders know they do better than their boss. I think everyone has natural giftings, and when you hire a young employee, you're going to find that there are things they do better, even though they are younger than you. Maybe they're a better speaker, or a better organizer, or better at planning. Whatever it is that a young leader does well, make sure you tell them and admit to them that they may do it better than you do. One example I can think of is when we were a part of the school, when I led the school, there was this fundraiser we did every year with a big launch event where we tried to get the students excited about raising funds for prizes. And in the early days, I did the launch, and it was not exciting. It was informative, but it was not exciting. One year, a team of young leaders in the organization took ownership of the launch, and they were excellent. They had energy. They had creative themes. The launch was more of a performance and not an info session. And I can remember telling them I was so glad they did the launch and how much better they did it than me. As a first chair leader working with young leaders, there should be some times in your relationship and development of a young leader that you find yourself saying things like, you're really good at that. I used to do that, but I'm not as good as you, and I'm so glad you're here to do a better job than I did. That builds incredible confidence in young leaders, and it lets them normalize and realize there was a time when you were doing things you weren't the best at, and that you weren't always the best at what you're currently doing. When a young leader parts ways from your organization, they should know that you know they're better at something than you. As I mentioned earlier, I was recently contacted by a former employee who I hired seven years ago. Her name is Melissa Hawks, and she now works for a social media company called Beast Social Media. In my recent connects with Melissa, I have learned so much and had access to the expertise of people who really know what they're doing in social media management, including the owner of the company, Matt Craig, now Melissa's boss. 
I recommend you follow Melissa and Matt and the company B Social Media, and you can find links to them in the show notes for this podcast. You will also see in the show notes a very kind tweet Melissa recently made about working with me again. I know the partnership developing between Second Chair Leadership and B Social Media is going to be beneficial to a lot of people through this podcast and the website. Did I have any idea that hiring a young leader like Melissa seven years ago would connect me today with the resources I needed? Not a clue. I want to encourage you that you never know when one of those young leaders you're working with today will circle back around and help you take steps towards your future goals. So right now, help them with their future goals and leave them better off for working with you. That's all for now, but join me next time when I get to pull my chair up next to your chair and talk about second chair leadership. 